except for <laughs> still stuck. <laughs> but it's fine. We're not upset about it. We love our life. <laughs> you wipe away a tear. <laughs> we love 2021. It hasn't been awful at all. <laughs> I don't know if I can say that with a straight face. <laughs> okay, should we get into it? Let's get into it. Okay. Hi, everybody. Welcome back to Bright Young Things. Hi, Austin. Well, it's happened again. This is our second of our bank recordings that we made. In case there was a week where we didn't feel up to recording or we didn't have the time or something came up. So, um, yeah. And we just want to say hi, no matter what the time is. Um, we hope you're doing well. Um, still, still May here for us. This is kind of like time traveling. I know we were joking in our other one about uh, the time box, the time travel warp maybe we should have like started this with like the time warp by rocky horror like you know I mean? like really get into it really just we're coming to you from the past at an unknown date we don't know we don't know what's going on in your life but we hope it's good and maybe we recorded this in 2014 before we knew each other <laughs> <laughs> the before times like you know how there's like um after christ we could do like after austin and sophia um i don't know before undergrad, after undergrad. Deal, deal. That's that's a better short form, I think. So, yeah. The first time we met, we're like, do you want to record a banked episode of a podcast? Because <laughs> we do one four years down the line. Yeah, yeah, I'm sure. That sounds like a great a great way to make friends. That's what so, I'll Sophia, how's your first week at Laurier going? <laughs> oh, my God. Oh, I, I remember being, like, so nervous. I remember meeting you my very first class at Laurier. And for my outfit, I had chosen um, shorts, overalls, and a very beige roots t-shirt I got for $14.99 that washed me out. And <laughs> I ran into my coworker, who I loved, um, on the bus on the way there. And I was like, Emma, do I look okay? Do I look like a real undergrad, like a university student? And she was like, you are overthinking this. <laughs> like, <laughs> I was like, okay. And then I, I got to class and I was like, wow, everyone looks really cool here. And I look like... I don't know what I look like, a scarecrow, um, I don't know, an 18-year-old scarecrow. I'm going to hazard a guess and say I wore a t-shirt and jeans that day. Yeah, yeah, I'm pretty sure. I remember, like, thinking you were really cool and intimidating because, like, didn't you have, like, your eyebrow piercing then? Yeah, I did have my eyebrow pierced. That was when I was coming yeah. out of my edgy high school phase. That's, that's amazing. I remember being like, oh, like, this would be, this would... I had, like, a very, very brief, understated, um, like, like, try hard goth um phase goth adjacent what would we call it at like 13 to like 15 and I, I it didn't last very long but I was like wow I bet you we would have similar music tastes we did not but <laughs> we were still really good friends we both um, like the bangles and yeah, we both love the bangles Elvis Elvis yes and we didn't like Elvis at first until we <laughs> took a course together um spoiler <laughs> What course is that? 1970s culture? Yeah. Sorry, I had to very sneakily grab a charger. I uh, didn't even notice that you snuck away. That's how sneaky it was. <laughs> yeah, it was so subtle, I'm sure. <laughs> but yeah, Austin, um, how's it going? How's your week been since the 10 minutes since I've seen you? Well, I'm still, believe it or not, <laughs> reading the girl with no eyebrows. I'm like, I'm so excited to hear your thoughts on that because I really thought this was like a book that was like overhyped and like when I bought it I was like oh I don't think I'm gonna like this because it just seems like it's everywhere and like maybe I won't like it 
and I was like whatever at least like the back cover sounds interesting but you know like when you go into things and you're like you have low expectations uh-huh and I was like blown away I really liked it I really did so I hope you do <laughs> yeah I really like like Swedish culture and Swedish name for things and all that and uh-huh. the Swedish landscape so they're kind of like really big for like I feel like maybe they've been doing this for a long time and we just didn't know because we're in a little bit of a North American bubble, but they do a lot of like really cool procedurals and like crime and like, I feel like this aspect, like the book really covers like how journalism and like investigative reporting really does have like an impact for like social change. Mm -hmm. And that makes sense because like Stieg Larsson himself like was a reporter and he did get into a lot of stuff where he was dealing with like you know, just like misogynists, like neo-Nazis, like all these like alt-right things that were coming out. And he was like, kind of examining like what was happening within like humanity and culture. Um, so I thought it made for like a really, really good, like the, the bones of the story are really phenomenal because it felt like, yeah, like this is something that's really coming out um, in a lot of places. And I, I think we saw that like everywhere, so. I knew next to nothing about the author going in and I was kind of looking into his life and I find it crazy that all three books in the series came out after he died. I know it's a posthumous like series and they actually like sorry post you say it posthumous Posthumous. (laughs) we're cutting that out Austin (laughs) post post (laughs) (laughs) oh well um but yeah I think like it's it's a really good series and it's like it's just it still has a lot of impact I think it's still really relevant because I think stuff is still happening like that and I really like it I don't want to have too much given away but I read it the books are supposed to be 10 books long yeah but they just the way it wraps up with a third one is that conclusive or does it leave you wanting more that's what I that's what I was getting to before my terrible mispronunciation that will haunt me um they actually like because he he mapped things out so they gave like his plot structures to another author to release and there's a lot of controversy around it because it never works it never like lives up to like mm. what the original author was trying to do that's what i'm scared is going to happen with the a song of ice and fire series because mm. george R. R. martin's been writing this last one for probably 10 years and he keeps saying oh it'll be coming soon it'll be coming soon it won't be coming. and he has two more planned after that one. Ooh, yeah that's the story for another day <laughs> But for the Millennium series, like, it, it's also, like, there was a lot of um, controversy because, like, Stieg Larsson's partner, who he'd been with for, like, decades, didn't have any rights to his work because they legally weren't married. And so there's, like, all this stuff where she was, like, this is not what we wanted. This is not what he would have wanted. And, like, I think there's a lot of, like, stuff there where it's, like, it's unfair that, like, she doesn't have a say in things legally, I feel like. Oh, Yeah. I'm not too familiar with the whole like situation, but um, I, I wanted to read like a book that she wrote called There Are Things I Want to Tell You About Stieg Larsson and I, and it sounds really good. So I think I'll- I wonder what that could be about. <laughs> yeah. So I think I'll be reading that um, hopefully soon, but. So feel free to decline to answer, but does each book in the series follow the same mystery in three parts or is it like a Sherlock Holmes situation where each book's a different mystery? different situations are encountered there's some like the same characters each time right yep there are some like trails that like like as we kind of get to know like Elizabeth and like all the stuff that's going on like some things are continued on and you you kind of like get to know more as time goes on but I really feel like the the books that were released by the different author who tried to carry on the series 
it does not feel like the characters are being stayed true to and I don't know if that's what like the original author intended but it was kind of like hard to believe that like they were trying to get us to believe that these were the same things I was like this just feels like bad fan fiction where like you're just spoon feeding me things you think I want and I do not like it um but yeah that's one person's opinion I don't know I just totally zoned out you have one <laughs> strand of hair sticking out on your right side is making a perfect s a perfect s yeah there's only <laughs> one curl here that I don't know what I don't know I get one right down the middle of my forehead not right <laughs> now <laughs> on. like a like a superman curl or something yeah, one my family calls it the corkscrew curl, and they always corkscrew? they always point it out. I have like one on this side too. You just can't see because of the sun. It like sticks <laughs> out like directly out. They're kind of like Shrek ears if you think about it. <laughs> I try to tuck them behind, but they always come sticking out. So um, whatever. If nobody has ever seen Sophia, we both have notoriously curly hair. The curly crew. Um. Yeah. It's what that was one of the things we bonded most over. <laughs> The, the things we bonded over was like me being jealous that Austin's curls were better than mine and I've been <laughs> so much effort to try to get mine to be like not frizzy I would be like yeah okay I, I wash with this shampoo I use this conditioner I'm, I'm using this product I hair sprayed I straightened I <laughs> and then I like show up to class and it's like a, a huge like clown wig almost and Austin is like oh this I just woke up like this and it's like perfectly <laughs> like coiled curls and I'm like I can't look at you I'm so mad <laughs> But yeah, you never no guess by seeing my family's hair, but I digress. Well, not my dad's hair so much, but my mom and my sister have bone straight hair. Yeah, my mom's hair is wavy, but she's blonde and I am not. Um, so yeah, welcome to styling tips of Sophia and Austin. Welcome to our segment of like five minutes you didn't ask for, but we have <laughs> we have feelings. Curly haired people always have feelings about their hair, they always want to tell you about the struggle that it is um everybody always says curly hair people don't want curly hair and straight hair people always want the curly hair that's a lie if they had curly hair for like one week they'd be like I cannot do this like there's no way I know I wouldn't want to have any other kind of hair my sister straightened my hair once it looked awful <laughs> I feel like when I when I straighten my hair I'm always like oh like people really like get like not disturbed but when they see me they're like you don't look like you <laughs> I'm always like <laughs> It's just my face. You know, Sophia, you look just like her, but your hair's not <laughs> curly. Yeah, yeah. Anyway, um, Austin, what have you been reading? I guess we already talked about this, but I think we did talk. I'm still, I'm still from the beginning of this episode. I'm still on the girl with no eyebrows. <laughs> but I never asked you, what are you reading? <laughs> I am also listening to an audiobook right now, um, and it's called The Hunting Party by Drumroll your favorite gal, Lucy Foley, who wrote The Guest List. Um, I've seen the cover for that one. She really didn't break any boundaries with the font she used for her cover. Yeah, I, I think there's like a term for this and I always forget what it is. But you know, like how there's like different kinds of like mysteries. And I think like maybe Agatha Christie is really famous for using this one. But like, I want to say it's like called like a locked door mystery or something or like something that like where you're isolated in one place and something happens. What is that called? You know what I'm talking about. Yeah. I'm annoyed that I can't put the word for it to the concept, but anyway. I know what you're talking about though. Thank you. It's similar to the guest list where there's like people stuck at a location and then like a body shows up. So I'm enjoying it. I like, I'm like, okay, so this is like the format she likes and I think she does it well. So I'm excited. I like it so far. I do not think you would enjoy it. Um, <laughs> and that's it. That's we all know how much I like the guest list, so. Yeah, 
you adored it. I know. But yeah, this week. We talked about it before. There's another, sorry. Oh, no. There was another recent murder mystery that's also about a wedding party. Mm-hmm. I forget. I can't remember it. I'm trying to find the name of it right now, but it's almost the exact same cover <laughs> as the guest list. Like it has a stormy island on the bottom mm-hmm. and like the slanted font. Yes. And it's like you would kill to be on this guest list or something. Like, yeah. But you know what? I, I, I'm rolling my eyes because I'm like, oh, like, I feel like similar things always come out at once. But I'm also like, I eat it up. I love it. I love a good concept. Show me how you're going to carry it out. There's only so many new original <laughs> ideas out there. Everything is like a sequel or a spinoff now. Um, so live your best that life. That is true. Live your best life. Mm. But yeah. I'm going to spend this entire episode trying to find that one. But don't let that take <laughs> away from our topic from this week. Yes. This week, we're talking about comfort reads or just comfort reading, I guess. And I'm excited about this one because I feel like mm. a lot of like readers I know or people who aren't even readers, but just like read during certain times in their life, it comes down to like um, wanting to like escape or relax or unwind. Uh-huh. it's comforting like it's a it's a unless you really don't like reading for some reason um usually it's like a comforting act so that was sorry i just got distracted again i found the book i'm gonna send them to you right now and tell me it's okay. not the exact same cover all right this is a live reaction i'm ready and then whenever this episode gets posted we'll include Post it, it for the <laughs> announcement love it so this is a visual yeah visual explanation they both show an island a secluded island with the same colored dark blue gray stormy sky. Oh my god! The font looks the exact same. Yeah, this is like, you know what? I feel like they've done covers dirty now. Like people should be splurging on artists to really make creative new covers. Because <laughs> there's been several times where I'm like, oh, people are using the same like clip art snake on like three different books. <laughs> like we need to we need to really like invest in artists they're there they do great things just like give them a call they they want to be creative that's their job Uh uh-huh but yeah they do look very similar (laughs) okay but that's like comparing you and i i'm one of the i'm the sorry i forgot the name of it already (laughs) every value break yeah you're the guest list i'm every value break (laughs) because we're twins we're 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 both like the same but different um (laughs) and that's that's as poetic as I'm going to get this episode <laughs> I have not had enough coffee um but yeah it's beautiful okay back to the matter at hand comfort reads yes I made like a list of like a few books that I feel like I go back to uh-huh and like I, okay so I'm going to read them to you tell me if you've read any of them ready I just want before we get into specifics I want to ask do you like a certain genre you go back to to comfort yourself or I, I also have notes on that Austin okay uh, okay I'm Sorry, ready. I'm going to step on your toes there. <laughs> no, it's a good question. Um, okay, see if you can guess based on these titles what the genres that I normally go back to are. Okay. The School of Essential Ingredients by Erica Bauermeister. Um, In Conclusion, Don't Worry About It by Lauren Graham. Dizzy by Kathy Cassidy. Anna and the French Kiss by Stephanie Perkins. And literally anything written by Sarah Dessen. Okay, those all sound like very high fantasy kind of stuff. No, no fantasy. <laughs> remember, remember the meme? Sophia does uh-huh. not fantasy. Sophia no, I'm joking. That all sounds like <laughs> self-improvement, kind of like nonfiction kind of things. Well, most of them are like 
Are the classes okay? So we can get into this now. Let's what you were talking about before genres or themes that you return to. I think mine, I would classify them as childhood reads, like anything related to like food. So like a food memoir, um, books, just like fiction that revolve around like cooking or food. Um, classics, which I didn't list any in this list, but there are a few that I go back to. And something I would classify as slice of life. So this is really funny because we've talked about this before. Slice of life is actually like a manga genre it kind of like folds under the umbrella of like shoujo um but it's just like it's examining like you know beautiful times in life it, it's often like about like young people like and finding their place and it just kind of like examines the beauty in the everyday and it makes it like a really sweet like thing where you're like wow like I never thought about these memories of like <laughs> you know what I mean uh-huh. my friends talk about that all the time like there were like manga that we used to read in high school and they continued on until we like finished undergrad and like every day like grade nine to grade 12 we would sit in the library or the cafeteria together and we'd be like did you read the latest installment like oh my god like and it was like so nice to kind of have like like we grew up with this series and it was like it was almost like preemptive nostalgia where it made us kind of stop and cherish like the everyday times that we had together I don't know if I'm if this is like just yeah, that all makes sense. Yeah, but it was really nice. So I think those are the genres that I kind of go back to. What about so like more positive, upbeat kind of things? Yeah, like I, I really feel like when it comes to like comforting things, like even like, I mean, some of them are like some of the childhood reads. One of like my like a couple of my favorite ones dealt with really serious things. Like I remember really liking like Kathy Cassidy and Jerry Spinelli and like Wendy Mass because it would always be about like a twelve or thirteen year old who was like going through something really terrible like like dizzy by Kathy Cassidy not to spoil anything for anyone but (laughs) it's about like a girl who grows up with her dad and her mom has like left them and one day she picks her up and she's like hey like this is great like for your birthday you're gonna come and stay with me for a couple weeks and the girl is like oh that's awesome and it turns out like the mom has kidnapped her um so yeah she goes to like live in like this like commune community with her mom And she, like, makes friends. She, like, loves the people there. But the whole time, her dad is, like, looking for her. And she's been kidnapped. Um, And so it's, like, stuff like that where, like, while she's there, she runs into, like, her technically new stepbrother who is obviously going through a lot of problems. Like, his dad is, like, using certain drugs. And, like, it's just really hard. And so she kind of, like, makes her own family there. And then she's kind of, like, wondering about her place. And, like, when it all comes to, like, a head, she's, like, I don't know how to, like, trust anyone or, like, know what's going on yeah Um, but yeah like really like stuff that like really stuck with me and like made an impact and like it was really like beautiful so I I try to read that like every couple years because I really loved that series um yeah I should have asked this off the top but what do you consider as like a comfort read is the comfort read like something when you're having a bad week you want to read to cheer yourself up or yeah you just feel like having a smile and you read something I think like it's really good like I had a birthday ritual that like I couldn't do this year because of COVID but um usually like I'll go through like all my favorite books and I'll read like my favorite parts of them and they usually just kind of remind me of like the place I was in like when I read them for the first time or like yeah like revisiting old friends and I really like that and I think you and I have talked about this but like when you reread something like you're a different person than the time you read it first so it's nice to have those feelings and be like, oh, like, did I notice anything different this time? Like, wow, like I have a whole new perspective because now I'm the same age as like the parent, not the child. And 
Yeah. So that all makes sense. Yeah, I think it's like that's what it is to me. It's a comfort to like have that to go back to. Um, yeah. What about you? What would you classify as like a comfort read? So as we talked about before, I don't really like happy-go-lucky kind of stories. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But I do like reading more like negative pessimistic stories because it makes me feel better about my life, I guess, <laughs> if that makes sense. Like, yes. Yeah. Like one book I always go back to is Stephen King's It, mm-hmm. which one part of it is just like the nostalgia and the, all the kids sections are really like, those are really sweet. And yeah. It's just like, oh, I, I miss being a kid, but it's all yeah. also like, I'm also not being stalked by a killer cosmic horror clown spider. Spoilers. Always a plus. <laughs> Always a plus. <laughs> but it's also like the escapism kind of thing. Like if I'm having a bad week, I'll get into a book and that'll take me away from that for a couple hours. Yeah. No, I think that's totally it. And it's like, I've noticed too, like when I gravitate towards certain genres, I'm always like, oh, okay, like I know this won't let me down. And if I'm having like a crappy time, I'm like, yeah, I know this is a tried and true thing that like I can return to. And it like, it does perk me up because usually I know the format. Like I I see this all the time. Like I feel like I totally like just like, like bungee jumped into the romance genre during undergrad because I was reading all this like really heavy stuff. I was like, okay, this is fine. But like, I need something light and like funny. Like I want to laugh. I want to like have a good time. Um, And yeah, like I I think that is comforting. Like comfort reading to me is like mostly returning to old books that I love. Um, Yeah. Because I do like, like there's a certain sameness or familiarity that I feel like you know it and you're like okay like this is I know that I'm gonna have a good time this is comforting but also you like learn and notice new things so yeah for sure that's what I like do you have one book that you find is it comforting more than any other ones or is Mm -hmm. it like a spectrum it's like a spectrum I think it like really depends on like what's going on um if it's like just like I want to be like happy or like I generally do like go go to like something funny or a childhood read mm-hmm. because I think like reading is so important when you're a kid um and like I, I was an only child until I was like 14 so like there was not always like a lot to do I was a very like I'm an introvert I really need time to myself um but when you're reading you feel like you're not really by yourself so there is just like like five hour car rides where I would be like reading in the back seat. I can't do that anymore because I get motion sick, which is awful, <laughs> but audiobooks have really stepped in for me. Um, but yeah, I just like, I spent so much time reading. It was really important to me. And like, I think too, like when you have like um, a childhood that is not as standard as like your friends, you want to know that there are other like paths or experiences out there. I think that's really important. Yeah. And it's having books is like having a second set of friends, really. Yeah, it is. And it's like, it's nice to know that like, I I feel like children's authors like are underrated because they really do kind of put protagonists in situations where it's like, yeah, kids do have like these really big experiences and feelings and blah, blah, blah. And it's really nice to kind of like have that around just to be like, oh, like this is also something that can happen. And like, you know, it's just really cool. So I think that's where like my comfort reading really like, I see that a lot. Um, but also like, I think just having genres that you you know 
you like like yeah I love a good thriller <laughs> like I I know the formula I'm very <laughs> rarely surprised um like I am surprised in the way that like I'm gullible like I- I'll be like what do you mean it was a red herring are you sure and the author's like yes I put three in here but like I just like reading it because I know that it's going to be twisty and turny um and like that's kind of a comfort in itself too because like it really just like it gets your heart rate up and you're like okay uh-huh. like, <laughs> but yeah that's what I think anyway there's a word I was just thinking of but can't remember what it is almost like therapeutic oh my gosh okay not to steal your thunder but I have another note here because I wanted to talk to you about this which is a really cool thing I just learned about but it's called bibliotherapy have you heard of this I think so I'm not sure like I'm kind of fuzzy on the details though so do explain I haven't I'm gonna pull up this article so this was written by um Connor Garrell for the Huffington Post Article is called Bibliotherapy Proves Reading is More Than a Cure for Boredom. Um, and basically, like the definition from this article is uh, what is bibliotherapy? Great question, Austin and Sophia. <laughs> Here, he's going to tell us. <laughs> he, re- he really wrote all that? That's amazing. Yeah, directly to us. Thank you so much for your help, Huffington Post. Um, <laughs> this change in perspective. Oh, wait, hold on. Book therapy, sometimes called bibliotherapy, refers to the ancient practice of reading or prescribing reading as one might prescribe medicine for therapeutic effect and can include both fictional and non-fictional materials. No matter the genre, the therapeutic approach is all predicated on a simple, if romantic, idea that books contain secrets which can transform the way we live our lives and help us to overcome some of, some of its most unwieldy obstacles. So this is a whole concept and like you can actually take courses on it, which I think is really interesting as like Mm. a library student. Um, But yeah, I was thinking about this because I know you and I have talked about this before, but like after my grandfather passed away, I was really disturbed with the fact that like I had not thought about um, like the grief process really because like both sides of my family like are immigrants. And so like most of our family is like either in Ireland or El Salvador and like people have passed away, but like I haven't really been exposed to someone that close to me passing away. And so like books that really helped me through that process were like um, anything by like Caitlin Dowdy. I hope I'm pronouncing her last name right. But she is like a mortician and she like really has a lot of work around death positivity. And then also This Is Where I Leave You, which is a fictional book, but um, it kind of like revolves around a family dealing with um, their patriarch's passing and like I kind of thought about it a lot after that because I was like okay here's something that's nonfiction. here's something that's fiction and I really like held on to both of those as I was kind of like going through all these emotions that I'd never really had before um and I was like wow like that kind of made me reconsider bibliotherapy as like a concept that like I was kind of like is this like kind of like woo woo like something weird um but I was like I can see it because I guess I never really considered the fact that like books that I was gravitating towards during like, like big or like scary moments in my life, like had kind of a relaxing effect on me or like, if not relaxing, like room for me to contemplate things in a different way. Um, So yeah, I'm really interested in bibliotherapy. I find it interesting how, when you have like something that's eating at you like that, or like something that really affects you, you kind of dive right into the subject. 
Yeah. Instead of trying to find a different topic to take your mind off of it, which is something <laughs> I would do more. Mm, don't get me wrong. I feel like I definitely lean towards like that too, like as an escape escapism thing. But like, I, I don't know. I feel like for me, I did try that in the beginning. Like um, after his passing, I was like, wow, like I need to um, really like, I need to read a romance. I need to like read a comedy. I need something that'll take my mind mm-hmm. off of it. But it was still like lingering. Um, and I, I realized that maybe part of it was like, I hadn't come to terms with like what death meant. Like for me, like uh, I knew like my religion, like what happens in our faith and blah, and all this stuff. And I was like, okay, like I have that component, but like, what do you do with like the feelings that are still left after, especially if like, you know, families always have like complicated relationships and like, there is obviously stuff going on with that. And I don't know, it was really great to have like different books around like, oh, like for like the Caitlin Doughty ones, like these are like death rituals that happen all around the world. And like, this is why North America has been left behind and we don't feel as comfortable with it. We don't have the tools to deal with it. Um, So like that really helped in that perspective because I found like the, the physical component of it like really hard. And like, it would be like, oh, I'd be walking downtown. And my grandfather was like a huge walker. Like you, you would never know where he would pop up. He could be at the mall. He could be like downtown. He was always just like out in the world, like doing things and you would just never expect it. And he would be yeah. there. And so I like, I saw like this like elderly, like Latino man in like this bright polo. And I totally forgot for a second that like he was gone. And I was like, oh, like there's Lele. Like, that's what I called him. And I was like, that's not him. He's not here. Like physically, uh-huh. like it was just kind of, it was weird. So like, I don't know, reading like, like Caitlin Dowdy's work, I was like, okay, like these are feelings that are normal. Here's what other people do with them. And like, it was really cool. And she's like also a really funny writer. Like she has a lot of really like, like I, I did not expect to be laughing while hearing about like death customs around the world and like what it's like to train to be a mortician. Um, but yeah, it was like really helpful. So I really liked it. Oh, that sounded really therapeutic. Yeah, I think it was just really neat. It was like, I'm a big thinker. I need to like understand why I'm thinking or feeling the way that I do. So I yeah, think for sure. Books really help with that. Yeah, it helps to get an outside perspective that tells yeah. you like what you're feeling is okay because other people feel it too. And... Totally. I think like sometimes too, like it's a lot better now with like, maybe this is the one perk of like social media. <laughs> um, but like now I feel like it's so much different than when we were kids. Like everyone knows now that there's so many different ways to live life. And like, there are so many different things that happen to people. And there's like so much more, like, I just feel like, like diverse stories. Like we just know so much more than we knew. Um, But yeah, I think back then, like reading was really like, kind of like a life raft to like, be like, oh, there's like more out there, like outside of our little bubble. Um, So I think that's really neat. But we don't need re- we don't need reading anymore because now we have TikTok. Great! Don't make me cry. <laughs> oh God! Yeah. As well, that'll be the the thing to talk about thirty years from now. Will be comfort TikTok. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna use that like as a soundbite, like just to be like, yes. And here's a famous quote by Austin: "We don't need reading <laughs> now. We have TikTok." <laughs> I'll like I'll put that like under your like photograph in like a really prestigious like edu- educational <laughs> journal. I just imagine you showing up in like 30 years doing a press job or something <laughs> and 
Like I have this quote from when you were 23. <laughs> <laughs> Flicking through the pages, allow me, um, quoting Mr. Austin Grant, uh, <laughs> and I'll, like, yeah, 2021, May 1st, here's what you said. Um, good times. <laughs> <laughs> what were we talking about? Oh yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I think it's like a totally, a totally a thing. Like I have mm-hmm. one friend who like buys like any copy of like Jane Eyre that she can find or not Jane Eyre, sorry, Pride and Prejudice. And she has like 50 copies of it. She's Are read you it. talking like, about yourself? No, not, not Pride and Prejudice, although <laughs> I do love it. Um, But like, she's been reading like Pride and Prejudice since she was like 10. We're 24 yeah. now. And like, she just has so many copies and it's like totally like a comfort thing she just loves doing it and she's like yep like I know this is always the same like I totally return to it all the time and it's like a comfort to me and I'm like yeah yeah I can't really think of any once from my childhood person that I still return to now that's fair because my my tastes have changed so much since then yeah that's another thing it's it's good when that happens because then you're like oh like I mean these are not like these are not books that I would read now I don't read fantasy really but like a lot of the ones from my childhood kind of have elements of that um and I do reread them sometimes but Mm -hmm. you know because it's a comfort because like I know the characters and love them I would never seek it out now but I don't know good stuff good stuff good stuff (laughs) (laughs) yeah do you have any more topics off your list that you want to go through or no I'm all talked out these are like it's like weird because I'm still thinking about it. You know what I mean? Like I'm like, yeah. Do other people do this? I don't know. It's like it must be like you know, like when you you flick through channels and you see like a childhood movie and you're like, oh, like and you watch it because you're like, oh, yeah. <laughs> like, well, yeah. There's like comfort shows and stuff too, like where yeah. something you just put on because it's familiar to you, like yes. I met your mother for me or yes, for both of us. We love it. God, this podcast should just be about how I met your mother, honestly. <laughs> but yeah. We'll have people decide who's Ted and who's Marshall. We both I'm know Ted. that I'm Austin. Ted. Austin. I'm Austin Ted. Ted. You're too nice to be Ted. We've been over this. Ted's super neurotic and nerdy like I am. But okay, but we I feel like we both know that Kate is Lily, so automatically that should make you where does Henry fit in there? <laughs> Henry, Henry's like, would that make Henry Robin? <laughs> Where does the math lie up here? This is not, <laughs> this is not going well. But yeah. I'm trying to think of other comfort reads I have. I know, yeah, like I said before, Stephen King's It is one of them. Like one that I like okay. to go back to when I want to have something familiar. Yeah. I, I love like to write one in by John Avita Linkvist is yeah. another one. Caligula, which I gave you, is another one that I like to go back to. I love that all your comfort reads are, like, kind of disturbing, but <laughs> I'm into it. I support it. Yeah. Other than that, I'm trying to think of other ones. Um, hmm. Yeah, I'm not sure. It's an interesting thing to think about, but... I know! It really stops to, like, well, it really stops you in your tracks, is what I was trying to say. I guess, like, I thought about this before the episode and it kind of took me like some time and like decluttering of like mental cobwebs to be like, Oh, like, I guess this is a thing I do. <laughs> and like, I was like, why? <laughs> I was really interested. I don't know. I'm going to look into bibliotherapy. I feel like I should be taking a course on that. Oh, it seems really interesting. Like it would be a good topic to look into. 
Yeah. And like, now that I think about it, I'm a hundred percent sure that like my high school librarian who I adored, um, she would totally do that to us. Like bibliotherapy where she would be like, she knew all the students by name. She always knew if one of us was going through something and she would be like, Hey, this book, this is what you need right now. And she would like <laughs> deal out the this book. Is some serious. Sh- yeah. Something. <laughs> stuff. Um, but yeah, I best friend stuff. Um, but it was, it was totally something she did like she would be like oh like so-and-so's parents are getting divorced this is a book you need oh like so oh yeah coming out like this is the book you need like and it was like totally a thing of like I don't think we understood how awesome it was that she would do that like we definitely appreciated it and we all loved her but now looking back like it is nice to have someone who like maybe is not your teacher or something but like is still looking out for you and like yeah sees what you need I don't know it's really awesome to get a librarian like that when you're in school I don't even remember my school librarians really I loved mine mine would like she would like prep me for interviews she was like such a sweetheart I don't know it <laughs> when you have like good teachers or librarians or like really like coaches whatever like if you have good mentors and like adults in your life it really does make a difference uh-huh you're like my influential librarian Sophia <laughs> my god I'm honored I'm honored <laughs> um thank you that's that's the highest compliment I could receive <laughs> I I don't think I can top anything I think that's it for me for the episode I can't get past that that's <laughs> the peak <laughs> yeah do you have anything else Austin I think that's it for me this week it's amazing well thank you for chatting with me about this I feel like mm-hmm. I have a lot to think about now yeah it's really I found it really interesting to hear like your strategies and perspectives on stuff like that yeah back at you I need to read more Stephen King if I'm going through a bad day. (laughs) (laughs) That's my takeaway. I was thinking I should have assigned you Stephen King's It for our book (laughs) trade. That's the only way I could have beaten the the girl with no eyebrows. (laughs) (laughs) The girl with no eyebrows. Oh, my God. Um, Yeah. Well, I mean, we hope you're having a a great week, no matter what day it is. Once again, we don't know when this episode will be coming out. No. But (laughs) we do know that we appreciate you. And we hope you're no matter what, no matter what day of the year it is or what year it is, no matter what Stephen King novel you're reading, (laughs) um, it's still, it's still it for me. (laughs) (laughs) Good times. Yeah. Well, thanks Austin for chatting. Wouldn't this be funny if this episode comes out in like six or seven months after we record (laughs) it and I'm still on the girl with dragon tattoo. (laughs) I would love that so much. (laughs) I would love it. Yeah. Just a timestamp it just in case it's May 1st. Um, (laughs) (laughs) yeah well thanks austin talk to you later yeah talk to you later thanks for listening everyone thanks for listening see you soon see ya